You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about how to empower brands and businesses to grow with social media and online presence. I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, Brendan Kane. Let me tell you all about him. He's a digital strategist for Fortune 500 corporations, global brands, and celebrities. He started his career in the entertainment industry, managing digital divisions for two prominent movie studios. He then went on to build applications and campaigns for celebrities like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Katie Couric, Jason Statham, and supermodel Adriana Lima. Today, he's best known for recently building a million followers in 100 countries in less than 30 days. He's here to share his framework for leveraging digital platforms to grow your brand quickly and effectively. Welcome, Brendan. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? I think you covered a lot. Just thank you so much for having me, Nancy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're super excited. And right off the bat, wow, generating 1 million followers in 30 days. That's like 33,000 every day. Was that for one platform? Was it for yourself, a celebrity? And really, how did you do that? Yeah, so first off, it was for myself, and the, the way that I got there is I spent the past 15 years working with some of the largest brands and corporations and celebrities in the world, and I really wanted to see if I could take the learnings that I generated over the course of my career and apply it to somebody that's starting from scratch, somebody starting from zero, because it's all great if you're generating big numbers for an MTV or a Taylor Swift, but what about everybody else? So that's where I decided to set out on this experiment and I chose to do it on myself uh, because I was definitely starting from zero, not a professional athlete or celebrity, and definitely not a musician Can I? because I cannot carry a tune to save my life. And uh, so set out on this journey and I initially did the 1 million followers in 30 days on, on Facebook. And now I am, in it, let me say that I... It's, it, I didn't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to generate a million followers in 30 days. I had spent about three and a half years really studying the Facebook platform and developing a set of testing methodologies on top of the platform that would allow me to, to do that scale. And over the past six or seven months, I've really been working on Instagram in a, in a similar capacity, figuring out the growth mechanisms around that platform and having a lot of success there as well. So it's part art, part science? Yeah, I, I would say that that is 100% true. And I, I think that where I really thrive and succeed with working, whether it's growing my own profile or with clients I work with, is I can marry the, the, the gap between data and analytics and creative. It's like there's people that are really great at data analytics and there's people really great at creative, but you really need both to play off of each other uh, to really fuel the type of success uh, that we're talking about. So can you give us an example of what you did? After you yes. learned the algorithm, what was 
what worked for you? Yeah, so I would say that, so first off, the, the experiment that I did on myself, I tested over 5,000 variations of content in 30 days. And that sounds like a, a daunting task and almost impossible to do. Yeah, it does. Broke, <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> but I broke it down into kind of a system, a simple system. So first off, let me define what a variation constitutes. So when I talk about 5,000 variations, you can understand what that means and how it can scale. So I see that there's five key elements to a variation. So there is the first, which is the creative itself, whether that is an image or a video or an article, whatever piece of content you're putting out in the world. The second is a headline, how you're describing that piece of content. So for example, in Facebook, it's generally above the piece of content and in Instagram, it's below. And then the third is the demographics, like who are you pushing it to? Like, are you pushing it to males, to females? Uh, to a specific age group. The fourth is the interest level, what people are interested in, what products and services do they buy, what type of entertainment do they consume. Uh, all of that's controlled. And then the fifth is geolocation, what part of the world do they live in, all the way down to the specific zip code. So each one of those five is interchangeable. And so basically we can have one piece of content and, and change out the headline. We can change out the demographics or the interest of the audience or the geolocation. And the way that Facebook has structured their advertising platform, which extends to Instagram and WhatsApp and Messenger, is you can create something called a dark post, which means it's a post that lives behind the scenes. It doesn't get posted to your main timeline. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to take one piece of content, and again, with those, each element of a variation is interchange it and take one piece of content and turn it into 100 variations to really be able to test that scale and learn how your content responds under certain circumstances when it's seeded to different people and then you can measure that response. So essentially the system that we built with variations and testing, we built it on top of the Facebook and Instagram advertising platform so that we can test content at scale and use it as a market research tool, not really an advertising or media buying tool. Wow. So you had a team helping you with this. Actually, no. I did it all on my own. I, uh, so when I generated a million followers in 30 days, I did all the testing on my own. And when I developed the system, I did it on my own as well. I just Since then, I've built out a team that, that helps me with the process. But when I was doing it on my own, or when I was building my following, I, I, I did, it, did it by myself. Wow, that is really cool. So did you just change like a word here and there, like a the to an a uh or something, or was it a little bit more complex? I will say that you could change a word or a few words and it can have a meaningful impact if the, the, the foundation of the content is solid. Uh, but we were testing, like for, for example, when I was doing it on myself, I wanted, because I had that freedom, because generally when you're working with clients, you have very specific guidelines and restrictions in terms of what you can test and how you can test. But when it came to myself, I really wanted to take the handcuffs off and be very uh, flexible and nimble. So I tested a bunch of different uh, types of content in the beginning. So I tested travel photos from unique places I've been all over the world, podcast interviews I did, inspirational quotes, political-based content, comedic-based content in the very beginning so I could just see how different content responded uh, with different people from different backgrounds from different parts of the world. And then once I had kind of a baseline, then I started to get more 
specific with the content that I was testing. So it related more to a foundation for a brand that I was building for myself. That's so cool. So are you going to market that tool so people can buy it? What's your next step? Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I published the book and the book that I wrote, I basically broke down all of the strategies that uh, I, I outlined or I used in generating those million followers. And then also I work, I do, I run some private workshops and also have a private group that meets twice a month where I can teach it more in depth for the people that really want to learn it. Very cool. So I feel right now social media is very crowded. I don't know if you feel that same way. Do you have some tips on how people can stand out? Maybe not make 1 million followers just off the bat, but just even to get people to like their posts and to share. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a crowded market. I mean, the, the latest statistics that I saw, there's over 60 billion messages sent on digital platforms each day. So you have to find a clear way to stand out and rise above the noise, especially when you're talking about Facebook and Instagram. You literally have less than three seconds to capture somebody's attention. So it's critically important that you understand why you're putting specific content out in the world and how it's providing value to the viewer or the person that's scrolling through their feed. I would say that most of the time people are looking at content from the perspective of how is it going to get somebody to perform a specific action like register for an email or purchase a product or a service rather than how is this content going to provide value and entertain the, the individual on the other side of the screen? Uh, because that's where the real success happens. And obviously you can off the back of that, get people to perform specific actions. Uh, one of the, the concepts that really, really worked for, for me in growing and also I've used for clients, like for example, I worked with Katie Couric, the journalist for about two and a half years is really narrowing in on a concept called hook points of how you really capture somebody's attention in that first three seconds to, to pay, pay attention to your content and engage with it. And I'm sure you've seen this a lot on Facebook and Instagram. Well, they'll have like a burned in headline in the video at the top of the screen, or they'll have captions at the bottom burned in. Uh, that's because with Facebook and Instagram, the statistics show that almost over 70% or more watch video with the sound off. So what that meme card or captions does is it allows you to capture their second their attention within the first three seconds so that you can win 10 more seconds, 30 more seconds, 60 more seconds. And that's how you have to really look at social and digital platforms and how to create content for them. But going back to this concept of a hook point, one of the exercises that I walk my clients through is if you were given the cover of a prominent magazine or newspaper in your specific niche, and the editor was calling you up and saying, okay, what do you want the, the headline to be on the cover of that magazine? And it can be only one sentence or less. What would that be? Like, what would that headline be that as your core audience or consumers walking down a busy street, passing a magazine stand that would make them stop, pick up that magazine and buy it and read it? Because it's literally that difficult when we're talking about social media. So in that exercise, I, I generally make people come up with between five to 15 of these hook points that would grab somebody's attention as a foundation to learning what it takes to capture people's attention in this three-second world that we live in. I like that. One of my favorite tools, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, is called Co-Schedule Headline Analyzer. Are you familiar with that one? No, I'm not. It's a free tool, co 
schedule, so CO in the word schedule, headline analyzer, it's free, it's a web thing. You just type in like the title of your blog or the title of your video and it will give you a rating on length, power words, balance of words, and pretty much like your readability score. Who would actually stop and look at this? So you get green, yellow, red. But it's been really good for my blogs and I could tell when people read them based on the headline. So hook point you can do through co-schedule. Very cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's a really neat tool and it's free. And we all hear that content is king. I know you probably believe that too. How are you leveraging your interview content to grow your brand? Yeah, first off, content is king. And you can't, I mean, listen, you could hack the system and generate a bunch of followers quickly, but if you don't have the content to support it, it doesn't really mean anything. And obviously, as you know from experience, the, the power of the interview is extremely strong, especially when it comes to digital, the digital world and, and social media, because it, it does a few things for you. I mean, first off, you can associate yourself with very credible individuals in specific niches. You're providing value to that other person uh, by giving them a platform or an audience to reach. So it forges new connections from a business development standpoint and just business networking. But also what I found is, and I'll give you an analogy of working with Katie Kirk, because with her, I did over 220 interviews with people ranging from like a Jessica Chastain to a Jay Leno to a Dolly Parton to a Chance the Rapper to a Joe Biden, like all across the board. And one of the strategies that we leveraged that we found a lot of success is uh, when we went into an interview, we first started with the, the hook point, which I just walked you through that concept, but we didn't start with questions. And the way that we approached the interview is we identified the audiences that would be most interested in the interview that we were about to do. So for example, the first interview I did with Katie Couric was an interview with an actress named Elizabeth Banks. And so we identified that Elizabeth Banks is in the, the movie franchise, The Hunger Games, the movie franchise Pitch Perfect, and she's also a strong feminist advocate. So those were going to be our three audiences that we were going to target for the specific interview. So we went through and we created these hook points for each of those audiences. So we created hook points that we felt would really capture the attention of Hunger Games fans, Pitch Perfect fans, and feminist advocates. Uh, so that when we went into the interview, we were creating a very strategic plan about the output that we were trying to get from it. So that when we completed that interview, what we did is the interviews typically were like 30 to 45 minutes long. We would go back and cut out those hook points that ranged anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds long. And what we would do is we would create all those variations, as I explained earlier, and we would test them all against each other. So we would have like anywhere between 10 to 15 clips that turned into like 500 variations. And in real time, I would test them against each other and see which ones were resonating with the specific audiences that we identified. And when I say what I was really looking for in terms of whether it was resonating were people sharing it with their peers. Were they taking it and sharing it with everybody that they knew? And we, we would basically dwindle down 500 variations down to like two or three winning variations. And once we had those two or three winning variations, we would say, okay, if you like this clip of Elizabeth Banks talking about the Hunger Games, well, why don't you go to Yahoo and watch the full interview with Katie Couric? And what that allowed us to do is it allowed us to tap into different audiences uh, through 
a very credible source. So for example, like Elizabeth Banks and reaching out to Hunger Games fans, like typically Katie Couric is not appealing to the younger teenage girls, but because she was talking about the Hunger Games and Pitch Perfect, it did resonate with that, with that audience. And then on the flip side of that, feminist advocates tend to skew a bit older. They're not the teenage girls. They're you know, generally females, 30 plus. So in that single interview, we were able to diversify her audience and her brand to an entirely new audience while also being able to speak to her, her existing fans as well. Wow, that is just brilliant. Just hearing you say that, I'm excited about your book. That just, like, it sounds so obvious once you say it, but I don't think people put those pieces together, and you just laid out a strategy of how not only can you have the hook points, but get in front of an influencer. And speaking of influencer, I would love to talk about Taylor Swift, because she accelerated her success by finding influencers and connecting with them. I mean, just think about one of her first songs was Tim McGraw, right in the title, Tim McGraw, so people are paying attention to that. How can people connect with influencers and this hook point? Is there, do you have a recommendation to put two of those together? Yeah, so the way that I look at it is, again, it comes down to value. Like how can you provide value to an influencer to the point that they want to connect with you and they want to work with you? And that's a big proponent of hook points. Hook points is not necessarily always about a, a business to consumer communication. It can be business to business. Like we've built huge businesses off of identifying strategic hook points that capture people's attention. And I would say that the biggest thing you've got to recognize about an influencer is they probably have 10, 20, 30 people a day reaching out to them, wanting something from them versus taking the approach of where can I provide value to this influencer to the point that they want to work with me. So what that looks like is like, for example, maybe you are a musician and you want to offer music to influencers to use in their videos. Or if you're a screenwriter, you can offer the ability to write scripts for them. Whatever your inherent talent is, leverage that as a value proposition that you can offer to an influencer that's going to make them want to pay attention to you. And I would also say is like, play the numbers. Like don't reach out to two influencers and expect both of them to respond. Reach out to 100, 200, 300, as many as you can. And if you just get one or two to respond, that's going to be a success for you. That totally makes sense. And Taylor was so smart just going right off the bat to like, how could Kim not pay attention to her when she writes a song? And it really, really made a big jump in her career. You also talk about word of mouth sharing for content. What exactly is that and how can we craft that for our own content? That's one of the areas that I've focused on for the last 15 years. I think word of mouth sharing, obviously, as we all know, is the most valuable form of an app advertising because it's a peer telling another peer, check this out. So what I focus a lot on and the principles that are outlined in the book and also in how I generated a million followers in 30 days is really focused on measuring shareability and how you can get people to share your content at the highest possible velocity. And when you look at that, you just, it's like, okay, it's easier said than done. And some of the, the principles that we look at to make it a little bit easier is first off, I always have people start with a competitive analysis is who is currently reaching your audience and how are they having success? Like look at their content and determine why one piece of content was shared 10,000 times versus another piece of content that was shared zero times. And you can do this based on 
any metric that's readily available from an engagement perspective. And really put your scientist hat on and try and reverse engineer why you think certain content is successful versus con certain content is not successful from a shareability standpoint. And then just try and reproduce it, right? Try and reproduce the themes, the formats, the stories that are working and keep doing that over and over again until you really strike a chord with your audience. And that's why you'll see when you look at the competitive landscape, you will see people following certain trends or certain formats or themes because it works. And I always recommend not to just try and reinvent the wheel, like be, become a student of the game. Like some of these people have spent years and, and some of these people have big budgets or big teams to figure out these different elements that cause people to share your content and really piggyback off of that uh, because they've done the heavy lifting and work for you. Love that. And it's product productivity tips. So wonderful. Hey, before we talk about the signature question, would you like to tell us about your book? Who should read it? Where they can find it? Things like that. Yeah. So first off, who should read it? I, I think that it's for people that have an interest in social media and it can be somebody that's just starting out or somebody that's extremely experienced. So about 30% of the book is my systems of how I developed a million followers in 30 days. But I also went out and interviewed all of my top partners and friends in the space that have had a tremendous amount of success across different platforms and diving into their strategies of how they were able to achieve uh, some pretty remarkable feats. So I really wanted to have a level of balance in there of different strategies because I'm a firm believer that it's not one strategy that is right for everybody. Uh, you've got to find the right strategy that is for you. I will say it's not for people that are just expecting it to just come super easy. It's, it's work. It takes time to put in and you've got to recognize that if you're not willing to put in the time or the resources to make it successful, it's just not going to be successful. And in terms of where they can find it, it's in all major retail stores. So it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble, or they can go to the website, 1 millionfollowers.com with one spelled out. I'm writing that down so I can get that in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, that book sounds fantastic. Listeners, check it out. It sounds like it's a similar system you can do for yourself and get very close results for sure. But you got to do the work, right? Yeah, it all comes down to the work. For sure. Are you ready for our signature question? Yep. I am all about time freedom and helping people get back time in their life. So if you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours every day, what would you do with that extra hour? To be honest, I'd probably use it meditating. Just I don't, I don't feel that I find enough time in the day to do that because being an entrepreneur, as you, as you will attest to, is I think sometimes we get caught up in the, in the daily grind of tasks and emails and phone calls and meetings. And I, at least for myself, and I would say for probably a lot of people, is just taking that extra time to, to, to take a step back and, and get perspective. To me, that is probably going to be the most productive hour spent is to get that perspective and make sure that you're actually working on the right things, the right projects, the right tasks, because you can get lost in that clutter. And I know I, I often do. And you can go down a rabbit hole that just takes you too far away from what you really should be focusing on each day. I love that. Sometimes you have to go slow to go fast, take time and really, really set it out. 
Is there anything else you want to talk about that I didn't even think to ask you? No, I think we covered a lot. I think that really one of the, the areas to think about when it comes to social media, like any aspect of business is really mindset, is, is having this mindset of constantly learning, testing, and trying new things. And if social media is not working for you right now and you haven't found the answer, by all means, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. Like just to give you an example with Instagram, it took me about seven months to really figure out the growth mechanics. And I burned a lot of time and money and going through different uh, resources to figure it out. And, and after that time, I just didn't give up. I kept testing things and, and trying new things and finally got it to a point where we can generate upwards of a hundred thousand followers in a single month on Instagram. So just really going in on that mindset of, of it is going to take work. It is going to take a trial and error and just go into that, go into it with that in mind. And it can be fun. It doesn't have to be a daunting task. That's wonderful. I love that. And what a great way to wrap up the show. Thanks so much for taking time to be on this today. Lots of cool stuff. You got me thinking of some things I need to test out as well. So appreciate that. Listeners, I just rolled out a new program for business owners looking to systemize their companies in 30 days or less. If you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked in your business, this program is for you. We work side by side and get things done. Just go to nancygaines.com to learn more. And if you loved this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review so other people can find us on iTunes. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S.com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.